want to call your attention this morning to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. I want to share a few verses from the Gospel of Luke. And also I want to share with you from the book of James. I'll start by beginning in the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And I want to start at the second half of verse 2. The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Verse 7 says, Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. The tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Also from the epistle of James, the first chapter in the epistle of James, 22nd verse, first chapter, verse 22 through 25. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. This is the word of God for the people of God. This morning, I want to spend a little bit of time trying to tie these two scriptures together. With the help of the Holy Spirit in your prayers, I want to spend some time talking about the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror. In the gospel text that we read this morning, John the Baptist proclaims a simple gospel. He says simply to us, repent, change your ways. And the people who come to the desert at this time to hear this gospel know instinctively that change is needed. They're a lot like many people today who look around the world and say, things just aren't right. 
Something has to change. And John's response to them and his response to us this morning is that you're absolutely right. Something has to change. And that something is us. When he calls his congregation in the desert to change their ways, they in turn ask John a simple question. They say, what then shall we do? And notice in John's response that there's nothing in his instructions about belief. They don't ask John, they don't ask John, what are we supposed to believe, John? No, they ask him, what can we do? John doesn't say change your doctrine. He doesn't say change what you believe. John says bear fruits. Change your ways. John says adopt a new value system, a new modus operandi, a new MO. But how? How can we change? How do we change? A couple of months ago, I reconnected with an old friend of mine from college and in catching up, found out that he's pastoring church in Atlanta, has a pretty big ministry internet-wise and those kinds of things. He came to visit us several Sundays ago, actually a month or so ago. And in that reconnection with him, we've been talking rather frequently by phone and text messages and those kinds of things. And, and in one of my conversations with Nathaniel Bronner, we were talking about the miraculous power of prayer. And he reminded me of a truth. So many times in our lives, we ask people to pray for us. And so many times, People call us to pray for them at the hospital or on their sick beds and, 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 and whatever the situation that they're in. They call for the pastor or the elder to pray for them. And we were talking about the miraculous power of prayer. And he reminded me that the miraculous power of prayer has a part for all of us to play. And he illustrated like this. He says, listen, Al, he says, if you get sick and you go in the hospital and you're there and you're suffering from some sort of disease, he says, I can pray for you all day long. And it won't hurt. Prayer, will, in fact, will help. But he says, there's something that you have to do. Amen. Chances are, maybe you're suffering from diabetes or maybe you're suffering from some other kind of disease, but something you have to do. Maybe you need to change your diet. Maybe you're praying for God to deliver you from a, a situation in your marriage and prayer will help, but maybe you need to move up out of there. There's a part that we all have to play. And, and, and this is what the cry of John the Baptist is all about. He says, if you wish to receive Israel's long-awaited Messiah, John cries, you must repent. But not only must you repent. You see, that's only one part of the equation. John says that you must also change your ways. And to all the people who came out to the desert that day to hear John preach, not only did he teach repentance and baptism for the remission of sin, John also taught the people to treat each, to treat each other with kindness and to share what they had with those who were in need. John's message points to Jesus who in turn preaches and lives a gospel that brings good news to the poor. He preaches a gospel that says he brings a release to the captives, sight to the blind, and freedom to the oppressed. John says, 
Be fair with people. Stop treat, cheating and mistreating folk. Be a servant, not a bully. That is, John says that you must adopt a new set of values. You must focus your eyes not on stars, but servants. And I'm not talking about celestial stars. I'm talking about the movie stars that we all focus on. The reason I suggest to you this morning that many of us don't see the kingdom of heaven is because our eyes are focused on stars. We live by their values. In our fast-paced, ultra-superficial society, our value systems are such that we draw to the American idol lifestyle of secular fame and glory. That's what draws us. Many of us are turned on and tuned in by the superficial glamour of star life. These are the people who dazzle us and dominate our magazines and television screens. We pour over the details of their lives, the clothes they wear, the food they eat, the people they love, the way they comb their hair, the breakfast cereal they have in the morning. Our desires and aspirations are shaped by these media stars hawking the latest designer clothes or souped-up automobiles or sex-crazed lifestyles. And our young folk... Y'all listen now. Our young folk and some old folk, too, will turn out in droves and travel for miles on a government mule to pay homage to the hip hop culture that glorifies violence and degrades our women and mothers. These are the people who are the focus of our attention and our resources. But thanks be to God, the Bible teaches us to focus our eyes not on stars, but to focus our eyes on servants. People whose left hand does not inform their right hand what it's doing. The Bible says, focus on people who do nothing from selfishness or conceit, but in humility count others better than themselves. The Bible says, focus on people whose attitude to life is that of Christ Jesus himself. The Bible tells us to train our spotlight on these people. It tells us to focus our eyes on people who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Focus our spotlight on people who are merciful and people who are peacemakers. Focus our spotlight on people who are poor with the poor, people who are weak with the weak, and people who are sad with the sad. You shouldn't be celebrating because your brother's down. The Bible In other words, tells us to reverse all of our values, to elevate not the rich and the attractive and the famous, but to elevate the poor, to elevate the marginal, to elevate those who mourn. Instead of pursuing happiness, the Bible tells us to pursue service. Instead of extending vengeance, the Bible tells us to extend forgiveness. Instead of hoarding material things, the Bible tells us to lay up treasures in heaven. And it's significant this morning that John's message in the gospel is exactly the same message as James in his epistle. James says, he says this, he says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. The word of God is like a mirror. It has the idea of putting something to the test. 
The word of God, I'm telling you today, will put your life to the test. It is it's like a set of scales or balances. It, it will show you where you fall short. It, it's like a plumb line. It, it will show you where you do not line up. Isn't that interesting? Scripture will put you to the test. It's like a mirror. It will reveal the true you. And as we hear and read the word, especially the law of God, we get an opportunity to examine how we appear in the eyes of God. By looking into the mirror of God's word, we get to see the dirt on our faces. We get to see the stink in our lives. And, 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 and it allows us the opportunity to make the necessary changes. We've heard a lot about Michael Jackson in his passing. Well, Michael Jackson in 1988 recorded an awesome song entitled The Man in the Mirror. Some of you still have it on your iPods today. Occasionally, I like to listen to it because it's an awesome song. And the lyrics go like this. It says, I'm going to make a change for once in my life. I'm going to feel real good, going to make a difference, going to make it right. He says, as I turn up the collar on my favorite winter coat, this wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind? Pretending not to see their needs, a summer's disregard, a broken bottle top, and a one-man soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, because they got nowhere to go. That's why I want you to know, he says, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. And then make a change. And no matter what you might think about Michael Jackson, no matter what it is that, that you remember about him, Michael got it right this time. In today's world, we never give a thought to mirrors. They're in our homes, they're in our cars, and even in our purses, and, and, and sometimes on our person. In, in biblical times, mirrors were uncommon. They were made of shiny metals such as bronze and were quite expensive. But in a mirror, of course, we're able to see ourselves, especially our faces. We use a mirror to see how we look. We use mirrors to comb our hair and brush our weave. We use a mirror to apply makeup. We use a mirror to shave and to check out a mole or a pimple. We can't make these observations without using a mirror of some kind. But unfortunately, do you know what we often do? Too often, we fail to see the word of God as a mirror in which we see ourselves. Instead, we use it to see how someone else measures up. Too many times, they're all too quick to point out the faults of someone else and to ignore our own sins. Go back for a minute to the mirror image. We don't use mirrors to look over someone else. Isn't that right? Of course, maybe unless you're a dentist. But, but a parent doesn't, Greg, uh, uh, Elizabeth, do you all take a mirror and look over your child? 
Does a husband, my wife would think I'm crazy. Does a husband look over his wife by standing in front of her with a mirror? We use a mirror to look at ourselves. Each one of us has the responsibility to use the word to correct our faults and to correct our sins. The Times, which is a daily national newspaper published in the United Kingdom, back in the early 1900s asked G.K. Chesterton to write an essay on the theme, What's Wrong with the World? And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I missed it when I read his response. I missed it. I, I, I missed it. I had to read it two or three times. Chesterson's reply took the form of a letter. And he simply says, now here's, here's the question, because you're going to miss it as well. He was asked to write an essay on what's wrong with the world. Chesterson simply wrote back, he says, Dear sirs, I am sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. Did y'all get that? What's wrong with the world? I am. James says to us, he says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at himself in the mirror, goes away and forgets what he looks like. You see, here's the thing what Chesterson was saying. If a positive change is to occur within the church, I must be that change. I have sinned. It is easy to see the flaws, it is easy to see the faults, and it is easy to see the failures of others. But God calls you and he calls me to see each of our own faults. As I looked into the word, I see myself as I am in truth. And if you look into the word seriously, you see yourself as you are in truth. I see my true self. When I measure myself up against God's word, I have sinned in my heart. I have sinned with my tongue. I have participated in sinful behavior. The word exposes me. And like in Hebrews, it says, I am naked and open before the Lord. With Peter, you and I can honestly say we are sinful, O Lord. The heart and words of the prodigal son must be our words. It says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. As I examine my own flaws, as I examine my own faults, as I examine my own failures, there's good news. My heart overflows with thanksgiving for the forgiveness that comes. Cynthia said it earlier with Jesus Christ. I have found in Christ and you can find in Christ your Savior. In order for there to be a change, we all must start with the man in the mirror. We must be quick to deal with our own sins before we seek to correct somebody else's sins. If I think of myself, as it says in Galatians, if I think of myself to be something when I'm nothing, I deceive myself. He says also, before I ever look to another, I must honestly examine myself. I must start with the man in the mirror, examine myself honestly. Like Peter, I must forget about my brother for now. God will take care of that. Jesus will see to him. But I must respond to the call of Christ. Jesus says, you follow me. I must be honest about what I see. I must trust in God to mold me and to shape me and to make me into the image of Christ. Finally, If 
we are to bring about a change. Simply, you and I must be that change. I must be that change. You must be that change. If you want to bring about the change, you must be the change. Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in the world as we work together. Let each of us individually determine to be the change that will result in the glorification of God. As we work together, let each of us determine to be the change that will result in the edification of the body. As we work together and beginning this day, let us each determine to be the change that will be the growth of the family of God. First Thessalonians says that together we can excel still more. If individually we proclaim that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, be the change that you want to see at Trinity. Be the change that you want to see in the church universal. Be the change that you want to see in the world. If you want to bring about a change, take a look at yourself and make that change. Like those people long ago in the wilderness, we sense that something is amiss. Like those people years ago in the wilderness, we sense that something is wrong. Something has to change. Deep down, we know that the something is not only around us, but the something is in us. Deep down, we know that individually and collectively, we are the ones that need to make the change. So we ask, what then shall we do? And he tells us that what we need to do in order to live plentiful, just, protective lives is to practice what most of us taught our children years ago and what we teach them today. It says, be fear, stop mistreating and cheating people. Be fair and not bully people. Be fair and share what God has so graciously blessed you with. It sounds simple. But when we're in the crowd, when we are the tax collectors, as in Luke's gospel, when we are the soldiers, it's not easy. And so I leave you simply with Michael Jackson's admonition to us. Take a look at yourself. And make that change. God bless you. This ends message number 2003 by L. Woods. To hear other messages or to send this message number 2003 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 2003. The Man in the Mirror. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.